case file number 1.06 for the lulls observed by agent Crenshaw subject 1 alias Hackalope subject has a history of working in computer security for over 20 years he has been observed to several fortune 500 companies and federal agencies during that period he has been amassing historical information related to espionage and covert action as well as corporate malfeasance subject 2 alias Emir Subject has a history of working in computer security for the last 10 years. He has been observed at NASA facilities regularly. We've also tracked him to the gym where he seems to be bodybuilding. We are amassing evidence to charge him with felony for skipping leg day and curls on the squat rack. Subjects are suspected of having information related to hacking the Gibson. Uh, the accounting subject of the Gibson's working really hard. I think we got a hacker. So, have you ever heard of doing it for the lulls? That yes. It, it's actually... Uh, I'm not sure from whom I've heard it from. That person remains <laughs> anonymous. Oh, I, oh, I like that. <laughs> Today, uh, we're going to be talking about Anonymous, the um, activist, activist group that kind of originated off of uh, 4chan. Have you uh, ever gone to 4chan? Yeah, I used to be... I used to go through the wallpaper boards a fair bit, but I mm -hmm. never really got into any of the other channels. I have been to many boards on 4chan. I was there back in the day when GIF was just GIF, and it was full of actually funny videos and not just a ton of porn. And back when B was not just a complete dumpster fire. But like I said, Anonymous is a decentralized group of uh, hacktivists you know, known for their various attacks against numerous governments, institutions, Church of Scientology, and a bunch of other stuff we'll get into. You know, they originally originated around like 2003 on 4chan, give or take. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's like a definitive date of like, this is when they were established. If I remember right, they start the something awful uh, was kind of the progenitor. And a lot of people filtered off of something awful onto 4chan with, yep. when 4chan had a little bit more uh, uh, latitude of posting, let's say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with Anonymous and the whole the Guy Fox mask that they wear. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of basically just become synonymous with the group now. Uh, the philosophy of the group is uh, more based around an idea rather than a directive. Their main kind of um, directive, though, is just to oppose internet censorship and control in like every way. Uh, they've been clear supporters of the Occupy movement, the, uh, the Arab Spring, mm -hmm. and a bunch of other things. Like anytime on the internet, where some big corporation or someone with a bunch of power tries to, you know, throw their weight around and get something removed off the internet, you usually see anonymous popping up suddenly and uh, fighting back. To whatever degree they actually <laughs> succeed. Exactly. And that's the, <laughs> the fun part of, of anonymous. Um, you know, the media constantly characterizes them as like this well-organized homogenous group of uh, hackers that are always attacking, which, you know, the media really doesn't know that much about cybersecurity and, yeah. Anonymous is like they're they're boogeyman. Like they're like, oh yeah. no, they're at it again. Yeah, and I've heard people uh, I've known have asked me about anonymous helping to protect voting machines back in two thousand like twelve, and I mm -hmm. was like, that is not what they're doing. Yeah, well, who knows? Because um, membership for anonymous is open basically to anyone that states they are a member of anonymous. You can be a member it's like of a anonymous party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like one day you can be a member and the next day you can be like, nah, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go do my own thing. It's that broad of a spectrum and it's so hard to uh, 
you know, it's not like a uh, a nation state where you clearly know yeah. like and, hey. yeah, proving a negative is difficult, but yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's just out to the people doing their own thing. Uh, very hard to figure out and gauge any motive. Honestly, um, at certain times, you've had two or three cells of anonymous all at odds with each other on what they wanted to do and how to do it. So you could have one anonymous group, you know, trying to hack certain servers, another anonymous group saying, no, that's not the way and doing something completely different. Sounds they, cohesive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their, their history is pretty freaking vast. Um, you know, we have the, the 4chan raids uh, dating back uh, 2003 to 2007. I don't know if you're familiar with like any of these. No. Are you so, familiar with the, uh, the pools closed? No, no, I, uh, I'm sure. I, I, I feel like I probably heard. It, heard there's a ton, the of, a ton of memes. Um, we'll, yes, we'll, well get to that. that is the other thing that they are known for is being the oh, yeah, yeah. font of, of, of half of the memes, memes that ever uh, got to the internet. Yeah, exactly. Like after, by the time a meme has hit Reddit, it's been on 4chan for forever and dead at that point. Yes. So we had random raids, uh, usually started on the, uh, the B board of 4chan. More or less was just for pranking. Um, people would post and kind of get people together to pull pranks and whatnot on um, different game servers um, and all sorts of things. Uh, July 12th, uh, 2006, a large number of um, people from B, uh, also they call themselves B-tards, yes. um, invaded a Finnish social networking site, uh, Habo Hotel, with identical avatars and blocked regular users from accessing a digital hotel pool. Uh, this was the the pools closed meme and prompted just a ton of videos and memes and gifs and everything. Eventually, though, because 4chan you know is a public uh, service, a lot of the plotting moved off to IRC channels instead of uh, plotting stuff on B. Yeah. And so after that, we have Encyclopedia Dramatica. Are you familiar with that website? I've, yeah, I've heard of Encyclopedia mm. Dramatica. Yeah, I think I only went there maybe like once or twice back, like when I was fresh to the internet. But that was founded in uh, 2004 by uh, Sherrod DeGrippo as a way to document a lot of the gossip off of LiveJournal. Okay. The, the, the youngins listened to the podcast. LiveJournal was what we had before MySpace, Facebook, and Twitter, and all that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, it was started with LiveJournal and then went to MySpace mm -hmm. and then briefly Friendster and then Facebook because Facebook wasn't open registration. When yeah, I completely and, forgot about Friendster because that was, that was a very short... It wasn't very long, but it, it was big enough to have, a, I think, uh, an SNL sketch or so reference it right. at the time. It, it, it's, I think it was just big enough to be mentioned in the same yeah. breath. <laughs> <laughs> so Anonymous adopted it um, basically for parody and other purposes. Uh, documentation of all their memes, their trolling culture, their pranks and raids. Uh, then in April of 2011, uh, the original URL was actually redirected to a new site named O Internet. Uh, the community was pretty upset about that, so Anonymous launched into Operation Save ED to restore the site's content. Uh, the Web Ecology Project actually uh, made a downloadable archive of all the former content of uh, Encyclopedia Dramatica. Nothing ever gets deleted on the internet. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to archive those memes, get them I, around. The the history nobody knew they wanted. <laughs> exactly. So then we move on to uh, Project uh, Chanology in two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. This was okay. a series of uh, protests and pranks uh, and hacks targeting the Church, uh, Church of Scientology. I don't know if you remember the infamous video of Tom Cruise on Oprah's show where he was yeah, jumping no. up and down on the couch. So actually, I had I had a real interest in cults uh, for for 
a few years and mm -hmm. Scientology, Xenu.net, I had uh, read pretty much everything on there. And I knew about the Streisand effects and there are raids on like IRS offices and yeah. several other things that they had done that were pretty distasteful before the Tom Cruise and, and on the Oprah trampoline thing so, ever occurred. So you, you just mentioned the, the Streisand effect. You want to yes. explain what that is for people that might not know? So the Streisand effect is some of Barbara Streisand's stuff was hacked, I think. I, I think so. so yeah. so, something and, got leaked, yeah. And and it would have passed basically as just a blip, but Barbara Streisand made a really big deal about uh, about her privacy and whatnot. And by making a, a a big deal about denouncing it, she made it hugely bigger with it, uh, and and made it much more newsworthy. Yeah. And this it was not a blip. This is this we call it the Streisand effect because this is what happens pretty much every time a lot of times something less than earth shattering gets leaked it might be better to just let it pass yeah yeah if you if you just let it go chances are no one like you know maybe a few people will make a comment and then it's gone it yeah vanishes or, yeah the internet can be dug up you know 100 years from now or whatever or release the the, the standard very generic uh um PR pablum of we don't like the fact that our privacy was, was, was violated and uh, and we have no further comment dot mm -hmm. dot dot <laughs> yeah yeah I mean instead a lot of them kind of you get into the the whole um, Hydra effect you take down one picture two more pop up in its place and it's just you know you're you're never going to win against the internet like yes nothing ever gets deleted off of the internet no much to the chagrin of um, Kelly, uh, Con oh, Kelly uh, Cynthia Conway. Conway. Yeah, Cynthia yeah. Conway. Much, much, uh, I mean, regardless of what you think about anything, it was a 16-year-old who had pictures put up against her against her will, and that and those will never be off of the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So after that video surfaced, um, Tom Cruise, with the backing from Scientology, really sought to remove that video because he did not see it as putting him in a positive light because he was kind of going bonkers. So they, they sought to take down the video from you know anywhere on the internet where it was being hosted. Uh, Anonymous kind of caught wind of this, and you know due to their prime directive of uh, no censorship on the internet, they immediately started fought, fighting back. Um, videos of it just started popping up literally everywhere. They could not take them down fast enough. But on top of this, um, it called into question uh, a lot of Anonymous kind of looked at the Church of Scientology and said, hey, not only are they trying to censor the internet, but they're also doing a lot of like kind of underhanded stuff. You know, they're basically running a slave labor camp with the way they, they have people yes. on their boats. Uh, they disappear a lot of people that um, don't agree with them and try to leave the church. And Anonymous dug up a lot of this stuff and kind of threw it out there for yeah. the public. At that point, we definitely knew there was a lot to dig up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is actually like... I kind of caught wind of um, the Church of Scientology at this point. I hadn't heard of it much before this. And so Anonymous was doing a lot of uh, DDoS attacks, prank calls, black faxes, um, where you just fax someone and you basically print out an entire sheet and just you waste their black ink. Yeah. February 2008, the focus ship shifted to uh, nonviolent protests and attempts to get the IRS to investigate the church. And so, um, fun fact, this is actually where I, I guess, quote unquote, joined Anonymous for a while. Is um, I found myself in the IRC channels and reading up a lot about the Church of Scientology, and I actually joined one of the protests uh, down in Albany, New York, at one point with uh, okay. my buddies. It's like, don't incriminate yourself. I know we're <laughs> using pseudonyms, but <laughs> I know. No, I mean, 
Yeah, I wasn't involved in any of the uh, DDoS attacks or anything, just the uh, the protest down in Albany. But there were a handful of us. It was pretty fun. It was kind of my first uh, foray into like, um, you know, protesting and whatnot. Around 2010, uh, there was Operation Payback. About the start of 2009, Scientologists uh, stopped engaging with the protesters. They just kind of started ignoring everything going on, and they actually improved their online security at that point. Yeah. So September uh, 2010, uh, Anonymous became aware of uh, Aplex Software. It's an Indian software company contracted uh, with film studios that they were actually launching DDoS attacks of their own against websites used by copyright infringers, such as the Pirate Bay. Yeah, yeah, there was, uh, I, I actually, if we can get some good information, uh, I would really like to see if we can't do a deconstruction on the early tactics of the MPAA and the RIAA. Yeah. Related to, to um, there were at least rumors of and actual uh, reports of them doing some, let's say, internet bad citizenship at the very least, because as we discussed back in uh, the DNS Changer episode, there's no such thing as the internet police. <laughs> yeah. So um, because of this, Anonymous launched a bunch of their own DDoS attacks against uh, Aplex using uh, LOIC, which is a low orbital ion cannon. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, actually, uh, around that time, I think a little bit later, uh, I was working for a, for a U.S. government organization that was targeted by Anonymous, and I did a whole threat assessment, and they were still using low Earth or uh, ion cannon at the time. And mm-hmm. I mean, because it's a because it was a easily downloadable open source tool, we knew what it would do, and we actually uh, I actually was able to define pretty well exactly what we wanted to look for. From an intrusion detection point of view because it was denial of service but it meant that we could block things before they made the web servers really work but most of what they did was pure traffic flooding which you can actually deal with on even modern firewalls back then because they're trying to do things like half open connections which try to fill up a buffer the buffer of, of open states in a firewall yeah. um so that was an initial vulnerability of a lot of stateful firewalls and because that those vulnerabilities were found, there were configurations you could put in place to basically say, if this source has this many things, just drop everything out of your your uh, hmm. state table from them. Okay. Um, and setting those thresholds, various variations on that theme. I think different vendors did things a little bit differently, but it was all essentially doing the same kind of thing of handling a source IP that was putting through a large number of, of like half open connections. Yeah. Um, and preventing the firewall from from crashing there because the firewall state table ended up being the low the weak point of that but mm-hmm. going back to your point getting a little bit better cybersecurity was actually really important at that point because doing just enough to get a firewall up and running at that point i think running a firewall was was pretty much everybody did but you could run a firewall without having some of those things configured and having a professional there that understood those things made a pretty big difference yeah, yeah. Actually, like when I took my, I think my CCNA, they do touch on like vulnerabilities at the time. And one of them was um, flooding the state tables. And I was like, hey, I remember a tool that you like could be used for this. Exactly. Yeah. So after they launched their uh, DDoS attacks against uh, Aplex, they um, then targeted the RIA, you know, the Recording Industry Association of America, and the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, uh, bringing down both those sites. September 19th, a future LulzSec member, uh, Mustafa Al-Bassam, um, also known as T-Flow by his handle, and others hacked 
the Copyright Alliance website and posted uh, a name of the operation that was going on at the time. The IRC operators tried to shut down the networks involved in the attacks, but Anonymous just uh, brought up independent IRC networks and uh, titled them uh, Anonym or Anon Ops. Targets began to expand to the uh, ACS Law, which is a British law firm, Australian Federation uh, Against Copyright Theft, a British nightclub uh, called the Ministry of Sound, and U.S. Copyright Office and website of uh, Gene Simmons. I think at the time Gene Simmons made some comments about um, copyright. Yeah. So we. For, well, for all of the the for everything that that Kiss's image is about, Gene Simmons is very much a businessman. Yeah, I remember. I think Metallica kind of was in the yes. same boat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lars Ulrich has said very explicit things about his support for the power of the copyright. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the total downtime by October seventh for all these sites was five hundred thirty-seven and a half hours. So November 2010 comes around and uh, we have WikiLeaks and begins to release hundreds of thousands of uh, U.S. diplomatic cables. At this time, Amazon booted them from its servers. Uh, PayPal, MasterCard, and Visa cut off all service to the organization. Yeah. And like when I was doing the research, like a lot of this, I was like, oh yeah, like I, re I remember this very vaguely. Like it was a huge <laughs> thing at the time. And mm -hmm. since then, like, you know, it's just... Well, they got rehosted, right? I, I believe so at, at some point, yeah. Well, no, I, I, they, they did get rehosted. Part of the issue was being a government contractor at the time with a clearance going to WikiLeaks was, uh, for those who don't know, when classified information is released, it remains classified. And part of the agreement, if you do have a clearance, is that you can't go reading that even if you can acquire it. That's part of what you signed on for. Mm. So... Uh, as interested as I am with some of that stuff, it's against the rules. Right. So uh, Payback was expanded at this point to include Operation Avenge Hassange, and uh, PayPal was declared a target. Anonymous brought down uh, PayPal's blog, uh, Post Finance, which is a Swiss finance company that was denying service to WikiLeaks at the time, and EveryDNS, which is a web hosting company that denied service, and also the website of uh, Joe Lieberman. So as an aside note, um, if you played any video games uh, ever and like you're around our age or even younger, uh, Joe Lieberman is an object of a credible amount of disdain for us. He was always championing the cause that video games promoted all this violence and trying to get Mortal Kombat banned and you know, yeah, uh, everything. What was the guy's name? Thompson? Uh, Chris Thompson, something. Thompson, I, I'm quite sure is the, is the guy, the last name, was the big advocate at the time of video games cause violence. Mm -hmm. yep, I um, remember Lieberman watching him. And yeah, and Lieberman yep. took it. Everything he said is gospel. Yep, exactly. It's, or, yeah. or so it seemed. Yeah, and just ignored like the countless studies that spoke yeah. against any of that. But yeah, um, December 8th, PayPal's main site was targeted at this point uh, using botnets to concentrate the attack on it. Zombies um, provided roughly 90% of the attack. Um, mm -hmm. Those people that are listening don't know. Zombies are part of a botnet when you're, you don't realize that you are part of the botnet. You know, if someone's hacked into your system, you can just leverage it to attack someone else. You are yeah. a zombie. And, I, and actually, that's, I think that that's, a, that's an important thing to, to remember about that time period mm -hmm. is that people weren't popping your system in order to mess with you or crash your system for, for fun, uh, they were working on ways of monetizing and that involved persistent access and being able to use 
assist, use an endpoint system, you know, your mother's, your system, uh, a computer attached to the internet for doing these kind of denial of service attacks. Yeah. And I, you might be about to touch on this, um, selling that as a service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really touch on it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it definitely was like a huge thing back in the day. But the, the damages cost uh, PayPal roughly $5.5 million. Uh, Visa MasterCard sites were also disrupted. Amazon wasn't hit at this time due to a lot of infighting. Um, apparently, there was a lot of disagreement on the anonymous side as to how to attack uh, Amazon, and mm -hmm. then it just kind of all fell apart. So there were 14 refs made. Um, PayPal provided uh, the IP addresses to the FBI um, after those attacks. So uh, then we have 2011-2012. Uh, um, anonymous took action initially known as Operation Tunisia in support of the Arab Spring movements. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff went down during this time, uh, Tflow, who I mentioned earlier, created a script so Tunisians could use, uh, use it to protect their web browsers from government surveillance. While another future LulzSec member, uh, Hector Xavier Mansugur, uh, known by the handle Sabu, and others hijacked servers from London web hosting company and launched DDoS attacks against Tunisian government websites. And that's probably a lot easier. If I remember <laughs> right, Tunisia gets their internet connectivity through Egyptian telecommunications. I vaguely remember this from around yeah. that time. Hmm, um, okay. And because of that, like a lot of a lot of smaller nations with less robust telecommunications infrastructures, their uplinks just aren't as robust. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's a lot easier to knock them off the internet. In fact, uh, and we might talk about this sometime later, Ukraine fell victim to a, a something somewhat similar when they got knocked off the internet. Was it Georgia or Ukraine? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, think was, I don't I think, think it was I heard Ukraine. Of this. But part of their vulnerability was the amount of interconnectedness that they had. Right. Was that before the like Russia started kind of invading? That is one of the early um, instances of hybrid warfare. I haven't done the research, so I can't say that there's been definitive evidence, but uh, the consensus <laughs> attribution was that it was Russia as part of a, you know, combination intelligence, propaganda, and actual destruction, right? What they call hybrid warfare, uh, and we're not saying this that you know the Tunisia thing was Russia. It's not, but mm -hmm. the 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 vulnerability of having uh, less than like U.S. or 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 major nation uh, robustness in your interconnectivity makes you more vulnerable for even nation state level of denial of service. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That might have been a too big of a tangent for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I, I had not heard about that uh, Ukraine, but it makes sense. So Sabu also used uh, some Tunisian volunteer computers to hack a website of the prime minister, Mohamed uh, Ganochi, uh, replacing it with a message from Anonymous. Uh, Anonymous also helped descendants share videos online about the uprising amongst each other. And in Operation Egypt, Anonymous collaborated with an activist group Telecomics to help dissidents access government censored websites at the time. Tflow, Sabu, Tapari, and Ryan uh, Ackroyd, uh, Kayla, uh, collaborated in February of 2011 in an attack against Aaron Barr, the CEO of computer security firm HB Gary Federal, mm -hmm. uh, in retaliation for his research on Anonymous and his threat to expose, uh, expose members. I also remember seeing a ton of this on 4chan at the time uh, popping up. And so they used a uh, SQL injection weakness um, and hacked uh, HB Gary's site, used uh, bars captured passwords 
to vandalize his Twitter feeds and release enormous caches of his emails in a torrent file on uh, Pirate Bay. So HP Gary, we used some of their software at one of the places I was at, and oh, really? they were, uh, yeah, they were endpoint monitoring and invest, well, mostly endpoint investigation. I don't remember the name of the software. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, but that's the kind of thing that they did, and. Well, I guess we're we haven't talked about Solar Winds yet on the podcast, but uh, no, not yet. But they made a client of things that were deployed all over the place. Mm, it would have okay. been potentially the same kind of foothold of if they had tried for persistence. Yeah. Of essentially trojaning the update process, supply yeah. chain type attack. Aaron Barr was he fashioned as like a cybersecurity expert? Like that's what he he ran around on. I gotta say, I, he 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 escaped my notice. Um, okay, I I feel like that's what his branding was, and at the time, like there were a ton of memes because you know he was a cybersecurity expert. Uh, brought the ire of anonymous on him and folded immediately. So it was just kind of all over the internet. But um, in those in those emails that they leaked, uh, they actually stated that Barr and H.B. Uh, Gary or Gary. Uh, had proposed to Bank of America a plan to discredit WikiLeaks in retaliation for a planned leak of Bank of America documents. So, yeah, that leak led to a substantial public relations issue uh, with H.B. Gary and a congressman calling for an investigation. Um, Barr resigned uh, as CEO before the end of the month. Well, live by the sword and die by the sword. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Can't um, can't say that that hasn't that isn't a worry. I think of everybody who does or says anything in the information security world if you mm -hmm. if you trip the wrong wire you can become the target and it doesn't matter how good your personal uh practices are you're always going to make a mistake yep yep exactly <laughs> so uh there's been several attacks by anonymous that have targeted organizations accused of uh, homophobia mm -hmm. and february 11th an open letter was published on anonnews.org threatening the westboro baptist church if you remember them Oh yeah, couldn't happen to a nicer set of guys. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so pleasant and thoughtful, and yeah. So those listening to the podcast that don't know the Westboro Baptist Church, um, just Google that and watch some of the videos of them picketing um, fallen soldiers and other things like that. It's uh, pretty off-putting. Like it's pretty horrible. So during a live radio uh, current affairs program where uh, Tapari debated church member uh, Shirley Peps Roper. Uh, Anonymous hacked one of the organization's websites. After Westboro announced it would picket funerals of the Sandy Hook shooting victims, because they were you know, Westboro upstanding individuals, uh, Anonymous published the names, phone numbers, and email and home addresses of some of the church members and brought down their godhatesfags.com website. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, hacktivists also circulated uh, peti petitions for the investigation into the church's uh, tax exempt status. Yeah. Mm. I, I'll be I'll be honest in terms of the church tax exempt status, the Westboro Baptist Church may have a better claim to it than Scientology does. Yeah, but both <laughs> both do not deserve that. But August 2012, uh, anonymous hack cited the Ugandan Prime Minister Amama Mbazi in retaliation Mbazi. for for the uh, Parliament of Uganda's consideration of anti-homosexual laws permitting capital punishment. Yeah, if you don't know about the about these things, uh, some there was a good chunk of uh, of um, Central Africa that outlawed and made capital uh, and, and apply capital punishment to being gay, and mm -hmm. 
the scary thing about that is that it's connected to um, a lot of the same lobbying for religious causes in America, that at least some of them thought of Central Africa Africa as a laboratory for the policies that they want to try it. They wanted to try and advocate in America. Yeah, yeah, pretty messed up. Yeah. Uh, April 2011, um, there were the anonymous attacks against uh, Sony that we covered in, in a previous episode. Oh, when the Occupy Wall Street began, uh, Anonymous were early participants. They helped spread the movement to other cities, such as Boston. In October, uh, some attacked the New York Stock Exchange website, while others helped organize protests outside of London Stock Exchange, which you know also kind of rings into current affairs with everything going on with uh, the GameStop stock and uh, yeah. meme stonks. And even if nobody at the, at the head of these things is at the head of, the, um, of Anonymous, like even if it's not any of the same people substantially involved, the mm. fact is the means by which it occurred, the, the the structure was pioneered by Anonymous. I think that's kind yeah. of the big message of everything you're saying is a lot of that kind of online grassroots mobilization stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and again, not a political podcast in any way, but it irks me to this day that nothing came about from this. We had the entire financial collapse no one saw you know a damn thing happen to them and they just went about you know if anyone's ever watched the movie uh big short like they they go into this and in fact like as i've said a few times now current affairs the shorting of the gamestop stock um yeah. at like 140 percent, and now it's suddenly a big deal because individual investors are making money and hedge funds billionaires are losing money yeah there's there's a lot of 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 things that i read that were, were very that made me think quite a lot about these things from reading the big short, which I honestly, mm-hmm. if, if you've got the time of reading it or getting the audiobook, book, um, yeah. another one that was kind of on the, Hey, what the heck's going on with wall street? Uh, a little bit, not quite as enjoyable to read, but, but still pretty decent book was uh, a no one was listen, which was about, which was by Harry Markopoulos about he's credited with catching Bernie Madoff, but he'll say, and he says very early in the book that, like they found him, but they didn't stop him. Yeah, yeah, it's constantly, you know, <laughs> if you got the money, you don't need to follow the rules. But yeah. the moment the the poors decide to play the game, suddenly the rules are very important. I've got a lot of other books of economics that I thought were eye opening, but on but on the hey, is everybody pay, playing by the same set of rules? Those those are two good ones. Yeah. So tangent aside, uh, Operation Darknet was launched in October 2011, targeting a bunch of websites hosting child pornography by anonymous uh, hack sites uh, called Lolita City. Should be a dead giveaway as to what it's um, got on. <laughs> oh, it's there. just a liter. It's just a. It's just a site about literary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And book clubs mm-hmm. about Nabokov, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they released uh, roughly 1,600 usernames from that site. They also disabled 40 image-swapping pedophile sites who used uh, Tor for anonymity. Mm-hmm. And 2012, Anonymous leaked the names of users and a suspected child porn site in Operation Darknet version 2. The uh, Coke Industries website was attacked following uh, their attack on union members. And in January 19, 2012, the U.S. Department of Justice shut down Mega Upload on allegations of copyright infringement. I'd completely forgotten about this. I remember following this a ton on the news um, at the time. I can't even remember the guy's name. Like, I think he was living in Thailand at the time, running his website for uh, Mega Upload. 
you're talking about kim.com right yeah kim.com yeah that. I, I, I was like is it kim something is it something kim like I can't yeah remember. i forget what his name was before he changed it but it's officially now kim.com mm-hmm. so anonymous responded with a wave of ddos attacks on the u.s government uh copyright organization shutting down riaa mpaa broadcast music and the fbi actually so april of 2012 rolls around and 485 chinese government websites were hacked to protest their treatment of their citizens and urged people to fight for democracy. Anonymous also launched Operation Anti-Bully, Operation Hunt Hunter, in retaliation for Hunter Moore's um, revenge porn site. Is anyone up? Uh, they crashed more servers and publicized his personal information, even including his social security number. And in response to 2012 Israeli military op called uh, Operation Pillar of Defense in the Gaza Strip, Anonymous took down hundreds of Israeli websites. So then we get into Operation OK, which was Operation Oklahoma, a mutual aid effort responding to 2013's flash floods and windstorms. It was just kind mm-hmm. of like a grassroots movement to help people out and get stuff going there. We have Operation Safe Winter, which is another, it was an effort just to raise awareness about homelessness uh, through collection and redistribution of resources. So some of these operations weren't even um legitimately like hacking like i remember going back to the scientology thing uh operation chantology a lot of uh the irc channels i was in they were devoted more to basically like finding victims of scientology and helping them out and not hacking you know scientology websites doing pranks and stuff it was just like hey these people like you know they were either kicked out of the church or their family members were integrated into the church and we need to help them yeah well that was an explicit policy of Scientology was separating mm-hmm. people their families, which is a hallmark of cults of any kind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a and, very like us versus them mentality. Yeah. And if you left Scientology, they made absolutely sure to not only break any contact between any existing church members so that the uh uh I guess they'd say the rot didn't spread, but mm-hmm. also uh really do what they could to ruin your prospects in living life outside of the church. Yeah. Uh, but going back to what I was saying earlier, I, I, I do find it interesting also as, as probably some of the people that have been involved with 4chan have matured, that they're using a lot of the techniques for that, you know, instant organization, let's do something like that's a set of skills they've developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And they and they're able to use them. And mm-hmm. that can be really cool. I mean, you didn't talk about uh, there was the, the murders in Alaska. I don't recall this. So there was a thing, and man, I will probably try. We'll try and put in the, in the in the show notes. But there was definitely a. They were searching for. They were searching for clues for for a for a murder, and mm-hmm. they, let's say, expressed undue certainty, and they didn't just report it, but there were action. There were actions taken to make somebody's life really difficult without having any proof. Uh, yeah, sufficient yeah. proof. Um, and I, and again, I don't remember enough of the details to really report what happened there. Yeah. But we know that a similar thing happened with, uh, I believe it was the Boston bombing. And uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of. Well, I remember Reddit came under fire a lot. Yeah. There was yes. a lot of like uh, it, it. It was not. We think it's, we think it's him. We think it's this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Fortran that was the case, but it was, but it was the same kind of of self-deputized self-organized effort yeah. that ended up disseminating a lot of data that that uh or a lot of analysis that ended yeah. up being mistaken and acted on with undue certainty and, and thankfully you know, there was yeah. there was a lot learned from that so when yeah. 
these the capital protests happened there was a lot of trying to figure out who ran these videos who was yeah. you know, doing this stuff but there, there was a lot point. more look into it of like okay you know we can try to figure out who they are but like don't be just throwing out names left and right and like yeah. doxing with people that's actually a really good point and i think that the, maybe the fbi handled that significantly better as well mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that that an important component of that is that is a belief that law enforcement will take it from there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, like FBI also had uh, Parler as a uh, good. Well, method that was to figure convenient. Out. Now, what's yeah, it? exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, going talking about murders and anonymous, the shooting on Michael Brown, a, a hacktivist group claiming association with anonymous organized a bunch of cyber protests. Anonymous sought to uncover the identity of the undisclosed uh, police officer at the time who had shot Brown. On uh, November 19th of, uh, God, I can't remember what year we're in now, so blazing through this, uh, Anonymous declared war on the uh, Ku Klux Klan uh, after they made death threats following the Ferguson riots. They hacked the KKK's Twitter account and attacked servers releasing personal information on a few of the members. Well, I'm glad that they followed Superman in that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know about Superman versus the KKK, right? I think so. It was in the in the late fifties, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a super. There was a series of Superman comics called Superman versus the KKK, and uh, somebody who had infiltrated the KKK and got a lot of their sacred rights and and, and signs and stuff mm -hmm. um, gave them to DC Comics, and DC Comics okay, put them yeah. in the comic books. And because they were released in the comic books, it basically delegitimized the organization and killed kkk recruiting for a, at least a decade after nice i do i i've seen i think pictures from these comic books and i'm like like what the hell's going on here but yeah yeah no it, it's a that one's a really interesting story although maybe not for us um yeah. but yes it's good to see <laughs> yeah exactly good to see anonymous with uh with uh truth justice in the american way of uh, superman yeah so then we also have the shooting of uh, tamir rice uh, mm -hmm. Anonymous shut down the Cleveland City website and posted a video after uh, Tamir Rice was shot to death. They also uncovered the phone number and address of the officer and just leaked that to the public as well. We have the Charlie uh, Hebdo shootings. Mm -hmm. Their Anonymous released a video statement condemning the attack on Charlie Hebdo in which 12 people were fatally shot. The video declared war on Al-Qaeda and ISIS to avenge the death by shutting down all their social network accounts. Operation Cyber Privacy. June 17, 2015, Anonymous claimed responsibility for uh, DDoS attacks against the Canadian government website in protest to the passage of Bill C-51, which was uh, anti-terror legislation that grants additional powers to Canadian intelligence agencies. I think kind of like their version of our Patriot Act. Yeah, well, yeah. Patriot Act, Patriot Act too. Yeah, yeah. Remember, they added more to that. <laughs> then on top of all the stuff they did with the KKK, they had Operation KKK which occurred uh, October 28th, 2015. They announced they would reveal the names of up to 1,000 members of the KKK and other affiliated groups. A list of 57 phone numbers and 23 emails was released on November 2nd, but the, the handle on Twitter for Operation KKK denied actually having released that information. They said they planned to and later did uh, reveal the names on November 5th instead. Operation Saudi, since uh, 2013, our Saudi Arabian hacktivists have been targeting government websites, protesting actions of the regime, attacks possibly mm -hmm. supported by the Yemen cyber army. I believe that's yeah. an, just an ongoing thing. Yeah, I, I would I would imagine, but I don't have any specific knowledge. Yeah, Operation ISIS uh, was offshoot uh, called GOSEC, offshoot of Anonymous, that is, 
They started mm -hmm. to target Islamic State affiliated websites and all their social media handles. Operation Paris in November 2015, an anonymous announced major sustained uh, ops against ISIS following the 2015 Paris attacks. Anonymous claimed to have taken down almost 4,000 pro ISIS Twitter accounts and by uh, third day, more than 5,000 and to have doxed a bunch of recruiters. They increased its claim to 20,000 accounts and released a list, but the list also included accounts for like Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, New York Times, BBC News. Any mention of ISIS, I think, was part of this list. That that seems like a low effort kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Twitter. I wrote so, a bot that looked for anything that said ISIS. Yeah, exactly. So Twitter uh, said they're not using that list of accounts. They're like, this is widely inaccurate. It includes mm -hmm. accounts by academics and journalists and all sorts of people. So yeah, I think it was just like, find ISIS report. And it's like, no. This was an interesting one that I, I stumbled upon. Operation NASA drones. So a group claiming affiliation called AnonSec claimed to have hacked and gathered 276 gigabytes of uh, data from NASA servers, including NASA flight and radar logs, videos, and multiple documents related to ongoing research. They claimed to have gained access to the Global Hawk drones. Uh, NASA flies out of Armstrong Air Base in California, mm -hmm. and released video footage supposedly from the cameras. The Global Hawk drones are two Northrop Grumman unmanned aircraft. Uh, NASA uses them for just Earth observation research. If you want yeah. any more information, you can just Google NASA Global Hawk drones, and you can see all the stuff we've used them for. But NASA's denied this attack, asserting control of the drones was never actually compromised, but you know, did acknowledge the photos are legit, and but they're also available in the public domain. Um, yeah. It's one of the things, like working for NASA, all of our stuff is publicly available, so yeah. a lot of the times... I don't really see the point of like people trying to hack us because you know we're going to release the information anyways. I mean, well, after, everything except we, for the stuff about <coughs> the Photoshop out the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was boycott boycott Thailand, uh, Thailand uh, jail hack. Mm -hmm. uh, Blink hacker group uh, associating themselves with Anon claimed to have hacked Thailand prison websites and servers. They claimed to have given the data back to the Thailand police and citizens of Thailand as well. This was uh, done in response from Thailand uh, news about the mistreatment of their prisoners. Mm -hmm. Then we have our, our U.S. 2016 election. Uh, March 2016, Anonymous reported to have declared war on Trump. However, a YouTube channel released a video denouncing Op Trump, saying it went against everything Anonymous stood for in reference to censorship. So again, you know, there's a lot of like, one group might be doing something, another group might be condemning the thing being done. So Hot Anon on Anon action. Yep, exactly. The the UN hack that happened, uh, Anonymous hacked the UN website and created a page for Taiwan, a country which has not had a seat in the UN since 1971. They made an entire page with their, their flag and everything. You have the George Floyd killings that just happened last year. Um, yeah. In the wake of the 2020 protests for the killing of George Floyd, Anonymous released a video to the Minneapolis, Minneapolis Police Department in which they stated they were going to seek revenge and expose their crimes. Um, I couldn't find any information that they actually hacked into their website or exposed anything. And then finally, the Trump-Epstein lawsuit. In May 31 of 2020, group planning to be part of Anonymous tweeted to have uploaded numbers of documents, including incriminating evidence against Trump and uh, Jeffrey Epstein, although all those tweets vanished, and now just screen grabs of them are used here and there as proof for like certain things. But again, probably it could have just been a random account yeah. saying that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's yeah. the fun of an on, an on. So I find something I find interesting is that a lot of those causes are at least somewhat left wing. 
Yes. And yeah. 8chan was a was an exodus of folks that didn't find 4chan free enough. Mm -hmm. And we know that they uh, have tended to be advocates of very conservative uh, propaganda and and causes. Yeah, um, um, I think I do find that interesting. Yeah, who did we say? I think we mentioned it in uh, the parlor episode. His name is Robert Monster or something. The guy that is hosting I, HN now. I'd have to. I'd have to check. I, I, yeah, I know. I know his last the, name is Monster. Yeah, you know that that sticks in your memory. Yeah, that sounds right. I I've actually uh, behind the bastards did, uh, had an episode with the the original founder of HN and kind of where he's at right now, and he's he's very much against. 8chan specifically in some of the stuff that, that happened yeah, yeah, yeah. with I, I, the ownership. I do not recall that well enough to tell the story and I don't remember the names well enough to be sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, like shout out to Behind the Bastards. Really yeah. awesome podcast. Sort of inspired this one. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Tangentially. But yeah, um, like a lot of um, that history, you know, Anonymous does some shady stuff, you know, not going to mm -hmm. lie. They can get out of hand, but that is you know what happens when you're dealing with just a ragtag group of whoever wants to do things you know you can have a group of 15 people run off and just hack a legitimate website for the lull yeah. but you can also have a group of 500 people getting together to help homeless people in winter in new york city and you know support yeah. uh, occupy wall street so yeah they they are very often i think only painted in the light of you know the sinister group of hackers the the media is afraid of and the thing is, a lot of the th stuff that you've described is, from a attack perspective, maybe not super sophisticated, or at least no. doesn't. It... Like the early ones were just DDoS attacks, like very. Simple. Yeah, and we're not deconstructing a lot of those defacements that you're talking about, but those don't necessarily have to be particularly high effort attacks either. No, no, um, I think probably a lot of them were just SQL injection, like very basic. Yeah, SQL injection, or potentially there are one or two other ways of, of going about it. But you're right, SQL injection is probably the most likely. Mm -hmm. um, but none of it takes the kind of infrastructure that we attribute to the higher grade uh, attackers, the um, things that would require uh, a lot of uh, custom coding ability, a significant persistent infrastructure that they can keep up and running, specifically related to malicious activities, yeah, uh, yeah, and stuff exactly. like that. It's not. I don't want to take anything away from what they are, but again, as as the news's hack hacktivist hacking organization boogeyman, I don't know if they uh if they're as scary to me. Even though knowing that that uh it'll be all hands on deck the next time I work for somebody that's targeted by them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like everything in life, it's it's just a morally gray area. Like it's not yeah. easy, white or black. You know, like the media likes to portray one side of things. I would say most anonymous would portray themselves as the complete opposite. And I think, you know, the truth is it's in the middle. They've yeah. done some good. They've done some bad. Yeah. And again, as we've discussed before, how much is, is actually illegal on the internet and more to the point, how much is effectively illegal on the internet? Meaning how likely are you to get tagged for it? Cause mm -hmm. we know the two things that they get responses uh, from a criminal perspective are child porn and large-scale spam fraud yeah. and carding, which is usually pretty related to that. That's about all that law enforcement has got a decent handle on at that at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some of this other stuff, how likely is it somebody's actually going to pay a criminal price for it? But a couple of the the anonymous slogans, I think, probably should be brought up. Anonymous is not your personal army. Yeah. 
We do it for the lulls. Uh, none of us is as bad as all of us. Uh, there's a lot to the fact that they, that generally speaking, Anonymous does not try and portray itself as a super moral entity. The freedom of information precept is central to what they think of, but even some of the things you talk about, you've talked about, aren't necessarily the core of what the, what brought them to action. Knocking a lot of the uh, of some of the groups that we may also find distasteful off of the internet is is less about freedom of information and a lot about more about expression of morality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, anonymous. that's all I had on anonymous. Um, I will eventually do another podcast on LulzSec and some of the other um, offshoots of Anonymous and kind of group them together and all the fun stuff that they have done or did in the past. But for the time being, anyways, uh, you know, pool's closed. Yeah, <laughs> pool's closed. Recording notes can be found at www.hackingthegibson.online. Follow Hack the Gibbs one on Twitter to get notified of new recordings. Support the continued observation of Hacking the Gibson on Patreon.